tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. Still in Bali, obviously. I took a 10 hour flight and a seven hour flight to get here. I'll be here for a minute. My usual rule for traveling or my aspirational rule for traveling is that I stay a day for every hour that it took me to travel there. So if it takes 10 hours to get somewhere, I stay 10 days. If it takes 17 hours to get somewhere on a plane, then I stay there for 17 days. I wish I could stay that long in Bali. I'll be here for two weeks and then I have to get back to Paris. I have not moved to Bali. I'm just visiting. But I do think I would like to live here. They've got a 30-day max visa for Americans. But then I just found out you can renew it pretty easily for an extra 30 days. So I was like, 60 days in Bali? That could work. It's just trying to figure out the timing of it all. So many places that I want to see, so much that I want to do. I guess there's no real timeline on returning to America, but it's just sort of dawning on me bit by bit that I'm probably not going to be back for a while. Ghana was initially supposed to be a three-month getaway. I was going to keep my place in LA. I was just going to be out for 90 days. And then it turned into 180. And then, you know, it turned into a new country. And then another country. And then another country. And the next thing you know, a whole year has passed. And I've been putting together my living plan through 2025. I'm only actually booked through April 2024, though. Uh, Actually, that's not true. June 2024. Where I go from there... I know where I want to go, but I don't know if it's quite feasible. I have time, maybe. But in the present, I'm in Bali, and Bali's freaking amazing. I really haven't done that much. You know, I've been talking about just laying on the beach and letting the breeze hit my bum for, I don't know, months now. Ever since I had that great beach day in Portugal, I've been trying to duplicate it somehow. Tried it in the south of France, got a couple days in, but wanted a few more. Got to Bali, had this amazing villa, had because I moved places earlier today, but I had this amazing villa with a private pool. Basically for three days, I did a bunch of nothing. I left my place to get something to eat every day. I've been mainlining vegan food because Bali's like super organic and being full vegan is really easy here. So that, but I venture out to get something to eat and then I just be like naked laying in the sun in a villa all day. It's a good life, admittedly. I went shopping. I was staying in Kangu, which is kind of like a very expat kind of area. But it has, to me, it has the best villas and it has really good access to the beach clubs. That was my theory in choosing to stay there first. I thought I was going to go to a different beach club every day, but just didn't feel like it. So I didn't. I just wanted to lay in the sun. That's really what I wanted, like a cat. I went shopping down in Seminyak, which isn't that far from Kangu, but the traffic in Bali is ungood. Bali just wasn't built for the number of tourists that it currently has. Like it's got all these narrow two lane roads and it's a whole bunch of people on them. So it's a lot of traffic jams and it's a whole bunch of cars and even more scooters. So just getting from point A to point B 
which should really take 15 minutes, sometimes takes 40 or 50. The good news, I mean, at least for tourists, but not so much for the drivers, is they have a local equivalent to Uber here. I had a driver come pick me up and she took me from Kangoo to Seminyak, which should have taken, even in traffic, according to Google, it was supposed to take 40 minutes. It took 55 minutes. Okay. I get out and it's on my card. So it's taken care of. I was going to my favorite restaurant, Mama-san. It's a pan-Asian restaurant. The decor is pretty amazing, but I'm really in it for the food. So I get there and I'm looking at the drink menu and I was like, wait, that whole cab ride was less than a drink. I was like, is this drink really expensive or was the cab really cheap? I got an email just like Uber when I got out the cab confirming how much I paid. It was 29000 in the currency here. And I was like, is that right? I did the conversion in this app and I was like, $1.33? There's no way I just sat in a cab for 55 minutes for $1.33. Are you kidding me? And then I had to go check the app because I was like, there must be some mistake. There's no way this woman drove me for 55 minutes for $1.33. And in fact, she did. There was an option to give a tip. The maximum I could give her was 100000 in this currency, which I think was $6. So that's what I gave her. But I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I felt bad. Bali's cheaper than anywhere I went in Africa. Definitely cheaper than Europe. On one of the days that I ventured out to get something to eat, I also got my lashes done. I hadn't had my lashes done since I left London. And she gave me like a super full set because I told her it would probably be three weeks before I got my lashes done again. But it's been over a month. My lashes were on their last leg. So I I saw a shop that was really cute. I went on their page to see what the work looked like. It looked great. Whatever they said it was, I was going to pay it. So I didn't really pay that much attention. So like I get them done. She does an amazing job. They're like slightly more than natural. It just looks like I have naturally long eyelashes. Amazing job. $20 for a full set of lashes. I was paying $120 every two to three weeks for a refill when I was in London. I was like, $20? If you think I'm not getting my lashes filled right before I leave here <laughs> and my nails done, I got a big spa day coming up. I didn't get to go the other day. And I was like, they about to wax, scrub, cleanse, massage, everything, everything. But yeah, Bali is dope. Oh, I was saying that I went shopping. I didn't get anything yet. because I'm moving hotels and villas every three days. So I don't want to carry a bunch of stuff around with me. But they have, and I don't know how I forgot about this because I got one last time I was here. I overpaid for it. I got this pink python purse. I want to say I paid maybe like 180 for it, but it's like genuine snakeskin. Like it's python. It's one of my favorite purses. I like pink bags. I have a couple of them now. That's not the point. The point is I went out the other day. I was walking down one of the main shopping strips in Seminyak. There's several of them, but they have all these python accessories, like all python book bags or python passport covers or python clutches or gigantic python duffels. I think the Python duffel is like 300. The backpack is like 150. Python clutch, I want to say is 70. And that's without any haggling whatsoever in one of the fancy stores, which are really upcharging. If I can find it in a market, it's much cheaper and I can haggle. But I was like, this is why anthropology be over here buying up everything. I totally get it. And then I saw these like beautiful Balinese headdresses. I don't know how to describe them. They're like, they look like crowns, but not like a crown like that we think of a crown because we usually think of like, say like a British or a French or a European type crown. Very, very different. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know what to compare it to, but it's, it's beautiful. It's like gold, it's metal, it's intricate. I don't know how to describe it. I'm just gonna have to post a picture. But they sell them as 
art pieces. I want one, a big one, for my foyer. Now, mind you, I don't own a house and I don't have an apartment to rent. Someday I will again. But in the meantime, I'm going to buy this headpiece and ship it back to the U.S. But this morning I packed up my stuff and it was really weird because I was staying at this villa that I found on Airbnb. And yesterday they hit me in the evening and was like, hey, checkout is at 11, but we're going to come by at 1030 to check the place. And I was like, then checkout is at 1030. But even though you said checkout's at 11, but okay. I wasn't really clear on exactly what that meant because here's the thing. The place operates like a hotel. They hit you every day and be like, okay, did you want to order breakfast for tomorrow? Did you, uh, what time do you want us to come clean your place? So it kind of threw me off that they operate like a hotel, but then they want to do like this early checkout thing. So they come in and I was like, what exactly are you checking? And they were like, oh, we're just, you know, we just need to like check the place. And I was like, check it for what? Because I'm like, are you trying to check before I leave to make sure I didn't steal towels or something? Like, where are we going with this? They literally went in the kitchen and started opening the drawers and like counting the forks and the knives. And I was like, are you serious right now? Really cute place. I wish I could recommend it to you because the place is gorgeous and it's in a good location. But unless you want to be treated like a common criminal when you check out, I wouldn't recommend it. So my driver took me, not really across the island, from the south of the island where I was to the center of the island. I'm in Ubud now. If you think of Julia Roberts and Eat, Pray, Love, the scenes with all the rice fields and the temples and everything just looking like earthy and such, that that was probably filmed or shot to look like it was filmed in Ubud. If you follow accounts of people who visited Bali and you see definitely the rice fields, the Bali swing, the flower baths, things like that, they're usually in Ubud. So that's where I am now. I'm staying at this really cute hotel. I didn't realize that it was all vegan, which I'm not mad at because I've been eating vegan food. But I was like, I would like the option for fish. They have wine, but they don't have any alcohol. So I was like, no margaritas by the pool. I tried to have wine with dinner today. And they were like, sorry, we're out of rosé. And I was like, do you have white wine? And they were like, no, sorry, we're out of white wine. I was like, how about red? And they were like, no, we have no wine. I was like, you couldn't just say that from the beginning. But that's okay. That's okay. Dinner was delicious. Lunch was too. My accommodations are stellar. It's like three walls of floor-to-ceiling windows. I walked in. There was already like a flower bath. Is it a flower bath? I think there are flowers in it. There's lemons in it and something else. Aloe? I'm not sure. I don't know my plants like that. But it's a beautifully decorated bath. It's like huge. It's a good size room. The bed is gigantic. I actually really, really like it. And I wish I had more time to sleep in it. But I'm going, allegedly, to see the sunrise. I have to leave here at 3 a.m., to drive out to this volcano, and then the truck is going to take us to the top. I'm going to eat breakfast with cat shit coffee on the top of this mountain, facing this volcano, and watch the sun come up. This is my plan for my life. And then I'm supposed to go to a hot spring afterward, which is exactly what I did last time I was here. It was worth it. That's the only reason I'm doing it again. (sighs) This crazy life of mine. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
What else is going on in the world? I didn't watch the VMAs. Funny enough, they were so black that I wrote them down in my notes as the BET Awards. It was not, in fact. But they have really good performances. I have no idea who won anything. I totally didn't know the VMAs were happening. I'm on the other side of Earth. There's just certain things I'm just going to miss sometimes. And even if I did, I probably wouldn't have tuned in. Because I've been seeing pictures of people who were on the red carpet. And I was like, I don't know who that is. And I don't care. People are like, it's your job to know these things. It's my job to know about things I actually care about. If you get big enough to the point that I have to take notice, I absolutely will. But otherwise, mm, I'm good. I saw a few pictures from the red carpet. A lot of interesting choices. This is not a fashion podcast, so I won't go in on the ones that I didn't enjoy and why, Carisha. I... I did love Cardi's dress. I don't know how many pins that was. Like, I was trying to do like a guesstimate. That was at least a thousand silver pins to make up that dress. It was amazing. It was amazing. Her styling team, whoever is on fashion, whoever is on hair. Actually, I follow Erica who does her face. Cardi always looks amazing. Always. Even when she has on some outlandish shit. Like sometimes people wear outlandish stuff and it just looks... You're just like, oh, you're trying to make a statement. Like, you're doing something weird and it just didn't go over well, Carisha. Cardi looked fucking amazing. Meg also looked amazing. You know I'm kind of low-key obsessed with Meg the Stallion right now. She looked amazing, amazing. And her dress, it was kind of like a corset, black. A lot of people did see-through moments. Most of them looked very tacky. Megan looked absolutely amazing. She looked like the megastar that she is. I loved it. Also loved Cardi and Meg's performance of Bongo's. Like, that thing was everywhere immediately after it happened. I wasn't even trying to pay attention to it. And then, like, the full clips of it were all over Instagram. And I was like, amazing. Amazing. It was a little too much ass popping for me, but that's the brand. That's what they do. The ass looked good when it popped, in fairness. Those two tickle me. And really, I appreciate them because of the way they piss people off and get them all riled up. They ride the controversy straight to the bank. And I'm just like, I mean, you know. And it was a good performance. It was high energy. It was colorful. The dancing was right. The backup dancers were right. The setting was right. Like, it was really, really good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a lot of the performances for the BMAs, at least for the black people. I didn't even bother looking up the non-black people. Don't judge me. I saw Nikki's performance. or the I don't know if it was the first one or the second one, because I didn't actually watch the show, so I don't know what order they went in. But I saw Nikki did a solo performance, and then she was also in Hip Hop 50. She killed Hip Hop 50. She also did a really, really good job in her solo performance. The funny part was Nikki came out and she was singing. The camera was far away. And I was like, it kind of sounds like Nikki. But does Nikki sing? I'm not a huge Nicki Minaj fan. Like, I don't dislike her. I just never was really like a fan fan. I know the hits, most of the hits. Once she became super popular, I don't really know like the early years stuff. If it had a video to it, then I know what it is. I don't know the lyrics to it, but I can identify the song. But I'm just not like a, a big Nicki fan. I didn't know Nicki could sing. And then she's up there singing. And I was like, oh, it's actually a decent voice. And then they zoomed in. And I was like, is that fucking Nicki Minaj? She kind of did like a cabaret-esque type of performance, but not like in the typical sense. She had this black sheer bodysuit on, but she had like this big fluffy, I guess calling it a cape, a coat a throw. I don't know what it was. A big puffy something that was like hiding all of her shape. As the song went on bit by bit, like she'd show us like a hip and a leg. And then it was like a shoulder. And then it was like a shoulder and an arm. And then like bit by bit, it came off. That was for the first song. And then the second song, 
She gave a preview of a couple verses from a song on Pink Friday, too. And then she was just entirely in the sheer catsuit. Nikki's material, <laughs> I mean, it's varied, but the stuff that stands out, I mean, like what she performed at the VMAs, is just very like, I'm the queen, bow down, you bitches want to be me. And I'm like, you were the queen, you were at one point. Just like, you know, Queen Elizabeth was queen and then she was no longer queen. I mean, she died. Not to say Nikki died, but like, is Nikki really still the queen? She definitely deserves respect. She definitely doesn't feel 100%. She doesn't feel that she gets the respect that she feels she deserves. She's one of those people that's like, I've heard this said about me before too. They're like, she's super, super talented, but her personality gets in her own way. I don't think I come across like Nikki, but I also recognize that I'm a personality that people either really, really like or really, really hate. Like, there's a lot of people who just don't like opinionated women. There's people who don't like feminists. There's people who, I don't know, don't like people who are just, you know, kind of point blank. And there are other people who love that shit. I feel like Nikki's in a very similar space. I mean, for obviously different reasons. But like, even before, like, you know, people talk about her choice of husband. That's like people's favorite topic these days. But even long before the husband, people complained about her attitude. And some people love it and some people absolutely hate it. She's a huge fan base who like absolutely loves and adores her. The bars will go nuts. But also there's an equal and opposite faction that hates her. Like legit hates her. It's interesting to watch play out. That said, I thought her performance was really great. I thought she looked great. I thought the hair, the face, everything came together. I was like, "Ah, I think there's another round of Nikki left. I think a lot of people counted Nikki out. I think there's a little more Nikki left for us. Diddy performed. Didn't he win? He did. He won the Global Icon Award and he performed with his kids. The twins came out on stage with him. I don't think people realized it was them at first because they had their back to the audience. All the dancers did. And they were singing I'll Be Missing You, which I think applies as much to Big as it does to their mom at this point, Kim Porter. They're lovely girls. They're very lovely girls. They're just as cute as they can be. Built like they mama, very tall, very slim, very pretty girls. And they danced their little asses off too. They did good. And then Christian came out and performed with his dad. It's so weird watching the two of them together. It's like Christian out Diddy's Diddy. I mean, they're father and son. It's not surprising that they look alike, but I'm like, they really look alike. Like they look alike. They move alike. Kim Porter's jeans, may she rest in peace. For Christian, her jeans were weak as shit. Like, like Diddy cloned that kid in every possible way. He looks identical to his dad and moves just like him, sounds just like him, the inflection. He's like his father reincarnated. Carisha came out to perform with Diddy. I don't know what's up with them. She looked great, though, on the stage, on the red carpet, not so much. But on stage, she looked absolutely amazing and she performed well. And that's the important part. I like Carisha. I just hated that outfit. I hated that gray outfit. I don't know what her and her stylist were thinking. She usually nails it. I think that's part of the reason, like, I'm so, like, perturbed by it because she usually looks real, real, real good. And she's not a bad-looking woman, and she's not a bad-built woman. It was just such a horrendous choice of outfit. It just unflattering in every way. And I was like, do you know how hard you have to work to make a woman built like that, either biologically or otherwise? But do you know how hard you have to work to make her look unattractive? I was like, was the stylist mad? Y'all got into a beef? You didn't pay the man on time? Like, what happened? Talk to us. Let us know. Don't do that again. And then Keisha Cole came out. I haven't seen Keisha Cole in a while. That's not to say Keisha Cole hasn't been doing her thing. It's just to say I haven't seen it. But she came out singing like the rent was due. She sounded amazing. 
I forgot how much I enjoyed her voice. She just has a really good, powerful, strong, very emotional voice. Like, she sang down the place. And I was like, all right, Keisha Cole. I was like, maybe you ain't over yet either. Maybe you got another album left in you too. All you need is one good hit. I like Keisha Cole. I root for her. Last but not least, I think these are the only black performances. If I missed one, somebody let me know because I'll go back and watch it. But the Hip Hop 50 performance was really, really, really good. It's one of the better Hip Hop 50 tributes that I've seen. Grandmaster Flash, the Furious Five, they were there. Dougie Fresh was there because Dougie Fresh is everywhere. He looks phenomenal. He got to be vegan. He got to be vegan. And he must not drink. Slick Rick was there. He and Dougie Fresh are everywhere. Weren't they both at the VP's house? I think so. Because I remember last episode, I remember talking about Dougie Fresh. And I remember talking about Slick Rick. And how I almost got suspended. Because my teacher found my Walkman. And it was I was listening to Indian Girl. Which in retrospect, that song is so racist. I was listening to a Jay-Z playlist the other day. It went to Girls, Girls, Girls. And I was listening to that song. And I was like, that couldn't even be released now. Some of the ethnic slurs that he uses, I was like, oh my God, like you said this shit out loud and it was played on the radio. No one reacted. Or at least there was enough of a reaction to get it banned. It's like, I can't believe he made that song. Lil Wayne was there. He was also at the VP's house. He did a Millie. He went off. Amazing. Amazing. It was a really good performance from Wayne. And that's actually one of my favorite Wayne songs. If you hear a snippet of that on, on an upcoming Instagram reel, over here in Bali, don't be surprised. I forgot how much I love that song. LL looked great. He performed really, really well. I, I watched the performance. I wrote in my notes. He still got it. <laughs> performance and appearance. Run DMC was there, but it was just DMC. I was like, where's Rev Run? Is everything good? Like, it's Hip Hop 50. This is the big moment, man. It's on MTV. You had a whole show over there. Like, it revived your career. It gave you a second win. Why are you not here, bruh? Is everything all right? And I asked that with genuine concern. Where was Rev Run? Is everything good? Because I feel like for him to miss Hip Hop 50 on MTV, something must be up. Do you need to call Cousin Angela, Cousin Vanessa? Check in and see if everything's okay. Aunt Justine, is everything all right? I sound like I'm joking because my delivery is just what it is. But I'm really quite serious. LL helped DMC out because, you know, he'd just be up there by himself. It was a good performance. Notably, Nikki was the only woman that performed. Among the legends. You know how Nikki feels about not getting recognition. I'm sure that made her happy inside that she was with the legends, which would, you know, kind of imply that she was also legendary. You know how she feels that she's not recognized enough. We just talked about that. I'm sure that made her heart smile. That not only did she get to perform twice and her nemesis only performed once. It's a hell of a performance, though. And her nemesis wasn't included in the hip hop 50. But she was. I'm sure she's going to say some shit on Twitter about it within, what, 72 hours? She might have said it already. I don't follow Nikki, and I don't care enough to go check. <sighs> oh, I started binging Top Boy. Did I tell you about this? I started binging Top Boy when I got back from the south of France. The final season hit Netflix, and everyone and their mom was talking about Top Boy. And I tried to watch it. I'm watching the Netflix one. I didn't watch the original one. Summer House, which is also on Netflix, which everyone's been telling me, like, you need to go back and watch the original. I was like, no, it's only three seasons. And they were like, no, it's five. You, you missed two. You picked up in the middle of the story. The reason Duchesne and Sully are mad at each other is season one and two. And I was like, oh, 
So I got to go back and watch it. But I watched the three seasons from Netflix. I'm mad at myself that I wasn't watching this show. But I said, I tried. I tried to watch Summer House when it first came out. People said it was like The Wire. And I was like, oh, if it's getting comparisons to The Wire, then let me go check it out. And I just couldn't get into it. Like I tried two or three times. And it wasn't even the accent. I could see a lot of people complain about the accents or rather the dialect. That part didn't bother me. Not that much. I just couldn't get into the show. But I gave it a try for season one. I was like, well, let me just watch the first episode and see how I feel. And then once I started, I couldn't stop. The writers on Top Boy, at least for for the Netflix version of it, do something very similar to what the writers of Snowfall were doing. Definitely the last season of the show, but I think probably the last two seasons. The last two or three minutes of the show, something crazy always happens to make sure that you keep going. They did it on Hijack, too. Really good TV shows tend to do it. Really good TV shows tend to do it. But I noticed it on Top Boy because it's a very deliberate choice and they do it every single episode. Snowfall would do it some episodes, but not all of them. But you have to keep watching. You have to keep watching because you have to know what happens next. That was a hell of a show. Some things I'd heard about happened. And when I was watching the show, like I remember conversations people used to have. And so I knew certain characters were going to not have good endings. I screamed. I know I scared the hell out of my neighbors because it's the middle of the night. I screamed at the end of season two when a crazy thing happened. I'm deliberately not telling you what it is in case you haven't seen it. I just, I couldn't believe what I was watching on television. I did not see it coming. I knew something happened to him. I didn't know what. I'd heard something happened to him. I was expecting it in the final season. I was not expecting it at the end of season two. Like I, I screamed like Stringer Bell died. I saw a lot of people complaining about season three of Top Boy. There are some very ballsy, I would say, choices made in the final episode. I loved it because I didn't see it coming. But I think that it served the story. And I think and I think that makes for great writing. When the audience can't predict what's happening and then you do something so very bold in the final, what, 10 seconds of the show? I, I thought it was phenomenal. As a viewer, I loved it. As a writer, I was inspired by it. I will also say this. There's a lot of overlap between The Wire and Snowfall. And Top Boy. And some of it is just because it covers similar fare in terms of drug dealing. There's just certain things that are going to happen when you talk about the life of drug dealers. But the final season of Top Boy, one of the main characters has a plot line that is very similar to the plot line on Snowfall. Snowfall obviously aired first. I don't know if Top Boy was written first. I don't know if it was inspired by Snowfall or if this is just a case of coincidence where writers just thought, you know, similar ways about how to create compelling story. And so they picked this particular obstacle for the hero to face. I appreciated the way that Top Boy handled a similar obstacle and then the way that he handled it. Like... It wasn't at all what I expected. Neither was what happened to Franklin on Snowfall, though. But this character on Top Boy, 
I thought it was equally good. I've seen people like enraged by it. But I also feel like Top Boy viewers and Snowfall viewers are kind of the same people. I think it's interesting that so many people were so outraged at Franklin's ending and they were like, oh, to do all that, you should have just killed him or put him in jail. And then on Top Boy, they give the character that has the same obstacle as Franklin a different ending and people are still mad. I was like, really, you just wanted the drug dealer to ride off into the sunset. And quite honestly, that's not realistic. Sure, there's people who end up like Jay-Z, but the vast majority of them end up like Franklin or Duchesne. (sighs) There's a couple other things. I'm probably going to save them for Tuesday. But I did want to mention this because we mentioned this story a couple times before. I want to talk about the young woman who was hit in the face with a brick. I talked about it on here before and I made it very clear that I believed the young woman. I mean, it would be very difficult. I thought not to. She posted several videos of of herself with a disfigured face because she got hit in the face with a brick. I, I talked on a previous episode about all the excuses that people made for her possibly being hit in the face with a brick or people who were just like, yo, I saw the video, but it was CGI. Or I saw the video, she injected saline into her face and that's why it looked like that. She's a scammer. She just did that shit so she could raise $30,000 on GoFundMe. There was a very active campaign to discredit this woman or I don't think I saw anybody like flat out say like she deserved to be hit with a brick. But there was a lot of, well, if she kept her mouth shut, then she wouldn't. Or if she didn't twerk, then she wouldn't. If she w- Then it wouldn't have happened. If she wasn't a troublemaker, quote and unquote, then she wouldn't have got hit with a brick. People just made all these excuses. What's the Chris Rock quote? Not saying it's right, but saying like, I understand. How do you understand somebody getting hit in the face with a brick? There's a guy who has listened to the podcast for a really long time and He sometimes writes into me with his commentary. Sometimes he sends news articles and things like that. He wrote me a really long message about like why the woman who said she got hit in the face with a brick shouldn't be believed. Just based on the things that he sent me and like the commentary that he's had about various things that I discussed on the podcast over the years, I consider him somebody who like has common sense and that he was so adamant and just so like viscerally seemingly angry at this young woman because he thought she was lying. I was like, you genuinely think that someone lied about getting hit in the face with a brick. The idea that this woman injected saline into her face, like you believe that over what's even more logical is that I got hit with a brick and that's why my face swole up. I'm bringing all this up because the woman saw all the evil things that people were posting about her not believing what she said. And so she posted her medical records that confirm she got hit in the face with a hard object. She posted her doctor's note acknowledging that she's had this traumatic injury. She also posted the police report. There was a viral video going around. This woman said that she'd called several different police departments and this woman hadn't filed a police report. In fact, she had. I'm bringing this up because, and I've talked about it several times before, and I will continue to talk about it. I want people to remember how this woman was dragged, was disbelieved, was lied on when she said what happened to her. 
She didn't even accuse the man of rape. That's a much harder thing to prove. Remember how this woman was treated the next time there's a story about why didn't a woman come forward right when it happened? Why did the woman wait six months, eight months, a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years? Why didn't she say something then? Because she didn't want to deal with the bullshit that this young woman is dealing with. That's why. I said on a previous episode, it's like a double assault. A bad thing happened to you and you know it was a bad thing. And then when you tried to tell people this bad thing happened to me, people told you we don't care. And in fact, it's your fault. You shouldn't have done X. You shouldn't have done Y. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. That's why you got hit with a brick. Or they will look at your disfigured face and say, we don't believe you. The woman released her medical report, her doctor's note, and her police report. People still don't believe her. They're like, oh, it's photoshopped. Where's the letterhead from the doctor? Why didn't she show her full name when she showed the medical report? Still don't believe her. Her swollen face, a police report, a medical report, and a doctor's note. People are still like, it's, it's 2023. She got hit in the face of a brick and nobody has it on camera. It couldn't have happened. Are you serious? If I said that shit about a guy who got beat by police, you showed up somewhere with your head swollen up looking like Martin after Tommy Hearns beat him. You say the police beat me and I say to you, where's the video? Where are the pictures? It's 2023. Nobody got video. Nobody got pictures of you being assaulted. So did it happen? I don't believe you. Did you file a police report? Did you sue? Do you have a lawyer? Oh, then it didn't happen to you. It happened to you last year, but you didn't say anything till today. I don't believe you. The logic that so many men and women are using against this woman. What if we applied that to black men and police brutality? Then we'd sound like assholes, right? That's how folks sound. When in the face of so much evidence, they don't believe this woman. Y'all sound just like white racists when they hear about police brutality and be like, well, why didn't he just comply? I don't know how making that connection is so damn hard, but it is. That's the episode for this week. I'll be back next week. I don't know where I'll be when I talk to y'all next time. I'll be somewhere in Bali. I really don't know where. All right. Talk soon. Have a great weekend. Bye. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.